Hi, and welcome to episode 43 of K-12 Tech Talk. In this episode, we talk about the YouTube kids issue afflicting Corey this week. We talk about my failed DVR for security cameras. We talk about Chris getting Carbon Black installed on a few machines. The offerings, free offerings from MSISAC to school districts. And the guys talk about secondary internet connections as a failover. Have a listen. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. With Chris, Josh, and Corey. The podcast by K-12 Techs. For K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studio, this is K-12 Tech Talk. To my left is Chris, to my right is Corey, and I am Josh. Welcome to the show, and thank you, Gus. What did you guys think about that new intro we got? Gus kind of hit that out of the park, didn't he? We're big time. Did you notice how he said Corey's name, though? Like, he didn't know Corey, and I kind of got the feeling that he he doesn't like Corey. The way he said it. Do you like the intro, Corey? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it could be on 90s alternative radio. Yes, absolutely. It's a 90s. I, I know Gus. Oh, do you know Gus? That's why he said your name like that? Intimately. In- oh. Okay. Like, are we going to play some corn? No. What does that mean? The band corn. You know, backwards K. <laughs> I, was, I was like, is that some sort of in- innuendo that I don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> what was their hit? What was their hit song? oh they had I a don't few listen to angry music they had a few okay so quickly uh let's get the socials out of the don't way don't play any of it you'll get us dmca no, right out of here yeah you'll get us sued and we already had that once already <laughs> did you guys listen to corn growing up no i listened I to them i didn't listen to angry music hmm. i was adult top 40 and talk radio um like dave matthews oh yeah dave was my jam man i could i would have guessed that yeah crash into me uh so our social media accounts <laughs> at k12 tech talk on twitter uh k12 tech talk at oh, k12 tech talk pod on twitter and k12 tech talk at gmail.com shoot us over a tweet a follow share us with your friends send us an email chris you had, we had a listener email uh in the last two weeks we cory didn't make the show the last show and then i was at the chris yeah. stapleton concert last week hey actually I'm going to flip the script right now. Uh Uh-oh. Something happened a long time ago, and Josh and I haven't talked about it. Uh Uh-oh. We actually haven't talked talked about it for a long time. And I thought about it this week, Corey, and I want to get your real-life reaction. (laughs) No. For a long while, like, there was a a listener (laughs) – that he said that he was your biggest fan. It's kind of when your pride started to get puffed up. Yes. Do you know who that actually was? No. So there was this guy that emailed us that you work with, (laughs) and he was wanting your honest opinions about smart boards versus TVs versus Promethean boards. So he asked Josh and I to talk about that, but to not tell you who that actually was. It was your boss. I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) 
and and it's true it was one of the first times that we said you had a fan what was his name we didn't say the name or we made we up made a up name. a name yeah it was it was back it it wasn't the guy that constantly emails and says you're the goat it was it was another email so is it, that guy real no we don't yeah know. there is a guy that likes you okay you have one less fan your first fan was fake your superintendent uh, you're deflated. Give we us can... your raw emotions right now. There, there he went. Uh, he just... So <laughs> read us, read us that late, that latest uh, listener email that we got the other day. It was, uh, it was quite, uh, it was pretty good. I liked it. It, it was good feedback and honest at, opinion. At, no, well, hold on. We gotta blow this up a little bit. You think your boss is gonna get mad? No. He said, "Please don't mention my name or district." Also, think, if if Corey didn't know, I would appreciate it. I don't want him to think I'm doing this for any other reason than to learn. <laughs> and I said, sounds good. We'll probably just say you're a big fan of Corey. But he did say that would actually be true. Yeah. I don't give a crap. All right, let's get on to the let's I mean, Corey, a betrayal. Corey's a betrayal has happened. Corey's hurt. This isn't this isn't good radio. Let's, I have I have one boss in my life. Your wife. Rough, less than five friends. Two of them I thought were in here right now. <laughs> There's been a betrayal. It was all Chris. It wasn't me, Corey. I well, hope I'm still your friend. Time went by. Like I think we were gonna like reveal it like the next episode. Yeah, this was a long time ago. I know it was a long time ago. It's been in my heart since January. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Ready? Anyways, so this other guy emails us. Um, he he would like for us to talk about MS Isaac again, uh, and I don't remember when we talked about it last. But to kind of go and I, I, I haven't signed up for it yet. Uh, I know that you guys have done different things with it by now. So would yeah. you guys share some of that again? So MS ISAC is a function of, or an arm of CISA, C-I-S-A dot gov. That is the nonprofit or the 501c3 part of Homeland Security. CISA stands for Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Um, it is MS ISAC is a free membership for local and tribe tribe governments. So K 12s fall into that local government uh, category, and you can get all sorts of uh, really good feedback from them, free services from them. So the ones that I subscribe to, I guess it's on a weekly basis right now, is their uh, MDBR. So it's kind of a black hole DNS service that they run through. I'm going to say this wrong. Is it Akame DNS service? Um, and then you get a weekly report of what malicious domains that your PCs are hitting. Um, and they block it. They don't allow those devices to hit those domains. The other weekly service that I, that I subscribe to from them is their cyber hygiene. So they have, uh, I have given them my range of IPs and they scan those on a weekly basis for vulnerabilities of whatever is public facing. Another service that I've subscribed to from them that is free is their, I think it's called WAS service, their web application scanning service. 
So they, I've given them the URLs of my two major public facing applications and they scan those URLs for vulnerabilities and they return a result or report once a month. And I actually have handed that report over to the, to the manu- to the manufacturer, owner, software company, whatever. And they are taking action on that. That, that, that has been a, a really, really good value, um, especially for, for those two applications. Corey, I think you had a similar experience too, didn't you? With the WAS? You're muted. I can't hear you. Okay. There you I was go. Testing, I was testing my button. There you go. So you, you're, uh, you're subscribing to the kind of the same things from CISA or, or uh, MSI SAC, right? Yes, sir. Thanks for the input. Um, hey, I don't. Well, I mean, worry. you, you, there was no, you labored on it well. I mean, hey, we apologize. So if you want more information, I'm sorry that I did that. On, oh, <laughs> I just tried to. Uh, thankfully, I didn't kill the meeting. Um, Are you, CISA, Josh, do you have remorse? No, because it was all your thing. Wow. Um, and we're going were, to Vegas. We'll yeah. hash it out then. Okay. So CISA.gov, CISA.gov, and the MSISAC, MS-ISAC, is what you're looking for. Um, MDBR is their black hole DNS, their cyber hygiene, and their WAS service. And they also have other free services, including pen testing, which uh, when I inquired about pen testing, which I still intend to do, they were very frank and said, it's not if we get in, it's what we knock over on the way in. Um, so they, they will get in. They also do a phishing service for free where, and I don't think this is like no before or anything like that. I think this is a completely tailored fish spearfish to your organization. You give them a handful of, of targets and they will go as far as, um, quote unquote, infecting a machine and trying to move laterally in your network and telling you, giving your, giving you a post-mortem type report of what they were able to do and what they weren't able to do so that you can take action on that. And that's something else I'm planning on doing. So um, I guess I'm going to sign up. It's, it's for free, man. You can't beat it. And you get their, you get their alerts, you get their daily meetings. They have, um, we need to have those folks on cause they've offered to come on. Uh, they have, I think monthly meetings for K-12 to talk about current issues, current cybersecurity issues. Um, like I said, for free, you can't beat the cost yeah. and it is very, very valuable information. Um, so didn't we have another listener email that said he was listening to like all of our back episodes with his boss? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd that guy say? He talked about the uh, ransomware. The ransomware episodes, yeah. He didn't ask anything, but he was nice. No, it was it was nice to see. And then also on Twitter, I noticed that the is it the CISO or the IT director for Boston University or Boston so College? Boston. Follow, Wait, is that a good slide? Boston. Sure. <laughs> Apocaca and the Kapok. Oh, I don't. No, uh, uh, this guy, Paul, uh, said, thanks for the podcast today. My group with my boss listened to the three ransomware interview episodes and discussed them and it brought up some good conversation. That's a cool idea to do that. Yeah. That's pretty cool that his boss was willing to sit down and listen to those. Um, so yeah, what a business that we do business with on a very regular basis with was hit with ransomware this week. And they lost 60% of their documents and projects. So they were trying to recover from that. 
um, pretty dirty. So what else do you guys want to talk about? I um, rolled out our first cybersecurity training campaign today through, oh, did you? Nice. through InfoSec. Uh, I completed it myself. <laughs> uh, so you can't, one thing I wish you could do, and maybe I, maybe I'm not, I'm not fully trained on it. was like, go through the modules before you send them out. Like you can kind of preview them, but then like, it just is like, Hey, this is going to be 15 minutes. And it was like the videos were 15 minutes. If you minimize the browser, it stops playing. Like they, they've got it pretty locked down. Well, then at the end, I didn't know there was a 30 question assessment. <laughs> uh so i did i did it today uh the question's super easy um and i was actually just looking while you were talking so long and um 20 of my staff have started it and 18 completed it i think that's like a really good number for yeah like this is the first one we've ever done ever and this was day one and 18 have completed it have you had have you had anybody complain and say they're not going to do it no, because no, I, I, sure. I sent a district wide email yesterday and I told them in our back to school meetings, I get to meet with meet with each building for a little bit. And I told them then that we were going to be doing this. So they had two warnings from me. Um, and it seems like, you know, they, it seems very thorough as far as like you can set up like how often you want reminders to go out. Say if somebody hasn't started it yet, they can get a reminder every so many days. And if somebody has started it, you can set them to get reminders. So it seems, and, and the training was decent enough. Um, they actually lay out very specialized ones, or you can do like month one and like it builds month to month, like bolsters your knowledge a little bit month over month. So seems fine so far. Hmm. So InfoSec IQ, if you see a jump in subscribers this month, it's because of us. Um, feel free to come on as a sponsor. Chris, you want to talk about, since we're talking about sponsors, you want to talk about ClassLink real quick, our newest uh, member of the, of the K-12 Tech Talk family? For sure. So check out ClassLink at ClassLink.com. Uh, they have, they do single sign-on stuff. They do account provisioning. Uh, in particular today, I thought I would highlight they have uh, they call it ClassLink My Files. Uh, so student can log into ClassLink and they can get to their Google Drive, OneDrive, Dropbox, whatever, uh, even local like your H Drive stuff. Uh, you can have all that synced up uh, when you log into ClassLink. Uh, as far so as one like a place shortcut. for all your files. Yeah, it's like a shortcut to hit too, I guess. Yes. That's cool. Pretty cool. So ClassLink, if you're interested in ClassLink and that rostering type solution, give them a shout out. Tell them you heard about them from us and how awesome we did at plugging their service. And, and account provisioning, that's super cool stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's one, it's a, it's a time saver. And two, like it removes a lot of the, oh, that kid's, he was dropped a month ago. He's still sending emails Right, you know, to to other kids, like because I, I mean, before we did account provisioning, we we absolutely had that, you know, because communication gets lost between like, oh, this kid was dropped, and then like text the last one to know, like, oh, this kid was dropped. You know, we need to disable those accounts, and we had a student that would email nothing, but he was emailing after the fact in a yeah. 
yeah. a teacher's actually like, Hey, he's like still emailing. And in my Google classroom was like, well, nobody told me. So the account provisioning stuff is, is slick. Yeah. We, I, I don't have any sort of automatic class provisioning. So I get a, a report once a month and I go in and disable those accounts. So yeah, it's a manual process. If I, if we had a, some sort of auto provisioning or auto disabling service, it would save, it's not a crazy amount of time that, that I waste on it, but between that and provisioning new accounts, it, it, it's time. It, it legitimately is time. So, um, Corey, you want to tell us about your YouTube kids issue that you've been having? Um, yeah, so it, it appears to have affected several districts. I mean, there's a couple pretty big ch- subreddits now, but we had a student, uh, this was last week, Chromebook managed Google account. She would go to youtube.com and immediately get redirected to YouTube kids. Um, tried, tried a completely different Chromebook, actually my technology department Chromebook. So I knew for sure she'd never been on it before. Same thing. So like, it wasn't like a clear cash issue. Uh, it wasn't anything like that. I reached out to Google support and <laughs> they, uh, they asked me some generic questions like they always do. And then their follow-up to my, to my reply was, can you try on an iPad? And they specifically <laughs> said iPad. And I, I don't know why at that point I, I had like backed her account up or, or I, I made a new account and the dude did the Google transfer and like her account, her new account has not had the issue since. Um, but I believe as of, I think Monday districts were still talking about it. Like they were having an issue and some of them, unfortunately were having, I think several kids yeah. uh, with the issue. And I think um, somebody we know, Google support told him like, Hey, the, we've resolved the issue. Uh, this shouldn't be a problem anymore, but other districts are like, no, we, we absolutely still have the problem. And I think it's all related to that, that age access setting that they gave everybody. Um, what was that a couple weeks ago, I guess yeah, it, it took effect September 1st. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's, it's all related to this, but yeah, yeah it could be. We, we thankfully have not, seen that we've seen a rash of other weird issues we got a a new dvr at our high school because we're adding a bunch of cameras with this building addition and uh everything worked fine friday i guess two fridays ago and over the weekend a couple of the encoders stopped sending motion data so they still like eight cameras stopped recording and so i had to have the company come out and of course all they did was reboot the stupid encoders and they started recording again why did so we'll, you do we'll, that I, right, exactly. I don't know why I didn't think of that, honestly. Um, so I'm probably going to pay a couple hundred dollars to have a technician come out and tell me, oh, you just should have just rebooted. Sad. Um, idiot. So, um, yeah, that was a thing. Last week, uh, middle Did you guys of- watch the new Matrix trailer talking about encoding? No. Of course. It's going to be awesome. Well, I don't know about that, but no. I'm for sure going to watch it. Just I'm going to watch it a bunch. Movies. Um, last week I was, uh, up at another school district in St. Louis County for the Aruba user conference or user group. I guess it what really wasn't. A did conference. you just say Aruba? I did say Aruba. Um, and I'm going to say provision, provision data solutions as well, uh, because they were there at the user group and sponsored the user group for that morning. It was, uh, it was pretty good to hear from, I guess there was probably 30 schools there 
And they all, we all, it was just more or less a giant round table. Of course, a big portion of the conversation revolved around ClearPass and that solution and what it can do for schools. It also, of course, the topic of backlog or back orders came up. Do you, um, do you think Aruba should drop the A from their name because they don't have any APs? That's the dumbest. <laughs> I'm sure they would gladly listen to your marketing. Abuba? ideas no you just said drop the a didn't you so i know that i made another i made another joke a booba yeah let's i'll because they're boobing up the ap's oh my gosh that's a paying vendor that you're saying that about um so no it was good to talk with those other schools about about uh access points and wireless and uh, kind of the roadmap. The one thing Aruba did say was, you know, there's been a little bit of discussion about with this back order about, you know, if you're coming up on, which no one is, if you've ordered with E-rate for this year, you actually have another full year to get that equipment installed. But if you're thinking about doing a substitution with with USAC to get the new 615s that are coming out or the 630s or 605s, pretty much they said, don't do that. Because the they really aren't rolling those out. And if you would cancel your original order, like I ordered 515s and I wanted to say I wanted to go to 615s, my original order would be canceled. And if I ordered the 615s, I would be at the back of the list. So I ordered my gear back in April. I'm going to hang out and I'm going to see when those dudes show up. They, it's got to be soon. Um, so they, they said, definitely do not cancel your order and make a new order for the 600 series because one, they're not shipping yet. They're not really even in major production and two, you would go to the end of the list. So, and do you think this coming E-rate season, you're just going to keep on chugging? Like what do you mean? I'm going to apply for the next stuff I'm going to get. Yeah. Because I'm doing physical switching, uh, in the next cycle. So, um, and so that is a concern. They said switching is starting to see constraints now as well. Um, and they really expect, they don't expect those constraints to go away quickly. Like it's not like somebody's going to flip a switch and the floodgates are going to open and everything's going to be resolved. Um, it's going to take time to resolve the constraints. So, um, I mean, it's not like we're building a new building. So that's the only good thing about my specific situation. I know there, there are districts that are throwing up new buildings and they don't have gear to go in those new buildings. And that would absolutely suck. Um, but I'm not in that situation, thankfully. So no, but it was, it was good to see what's that guy, that sales guy's name from Aruba's name, Jacob, Chris. Oh, it's Chris, Chris. Um, it was good to see Chris and the other, the, his SE and of course, Ryan and Andrew and Derek and Jeff from provision. What Hmm. else you guys got? You guys, you guys were rambling on about redundant internet oh yeah so that was a conversation Corey. you want to talk about that we talked about i guess monday because we all saw each other monday no okay (laughs) um yeah so i think it's becoming kind of i mean so we had a uh what do we call that little meeting we have a tech i'll just county tech tech talk tech talk it's a quarterly tech directors meeting at our at our first one of the school year yesterday um how many districts there said they had redundant i know i know one one two for sure um so it is something i'm going to approach my boss with because it seems like a good idea um 
for several reasons, DDoS, a fiber cut, you know, or yeah. routing out like if, if nothing major is going out, routing out BYOD traffic on it. Yeah. Um, where I'm thinking like a coax kind yeah. of service, basically a borderline, a residential service, um, that are, you know, pr- pretty darn cheap and then running that and, you know, that way. And then if everything happened to our fiber, then we could cut over quickly or, or uh, of course, in a DDoS, you'd hope you could, you know, cut over to that quickly as well. Now, I mean, DDoS, right. yeah. you don't know how long that's going to last because, you know, you could at least uh, move your critical services. Like if that's it was what I'm testing, thinking. yeah, you could try to move the critical stuff over. Yeah. You're not going to uh, move your sys or anything like that, but if uh, you were your testing no. data, you could move pretty easily. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I've actually already got pricing. I thought the pricing was fair for what it would be. I mean, 99% of the time it's not going to be utilized that much. So, and your sure research cost. was that it's not E-rate eligible. Uh, that's what I've been told officially. Officially. Now, all yeah. of you should contact your E-rate uh, coordinator. For your state. For your state. Or if you have an E-rate consultant, talk to them. But if you I am just under supply the, and see what happens, you can. I am under the impression that if, if it's a just... A backup line, it is not eligible now that I believe yeah. there's ways to get around it that I'm not going to discuss here. But yeah, backup backup lines are not eligible. Our redundant lines are not redundant eligible. lines are not re- eligible. So, gotcha. Corey, you know, one of the things that kind of has I hear me, you. What are you? I hear what you. you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that's driven me to this thought or this idea is you and I have the same internet provider currently we're both on fiber service from a provider and chris and, does too and, yeah okay so all three of us we have the same i pay for a gig for- i've been getting 500 but actually my download was 60 and that's been a fiasco in the last week but let's not even talk about that anymore okay and that's after the fiasco you had at the end of the last it's not year. a big deal so they have they now sell a ddos service that DDoS service per month is about three times as expensive as their internet service for Get the month. out of here so the the like what Corey's talking about going with a coax and granted it's not I have two gig it's not going to be two gig service up and down I'm looking at probably 400 down 30 up I think is what it was or 20 up which yeah it's not ideal but in an emergency right. we could still we could still send testing data we could still get out what what emergent traffic we needed to get out um, and it's drastically less than three times what we're you know, the, their DDoS service, which was ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. If If you're getting there in your head like, hey, I need to have a plan against DDoS attacks and you're getting a quote on that kind of stuff, this doesn't seem bad right. at all. And, and I had a quote from another internet provider that was going to drop fiber into my office, but they wanted $25,000 for construction costs to, to run the last mile, quote unquote, or that tail end, whatever you want to call it into the building, because they would have that directional bore and then bore into the building. So this service costing, even if it's $500 a month, which it's not, is way better than paying, you know, almost 30 grand up front and then whatever couple grand a month for, for a redundant connection. That's not E-rate eligible. Um, Do you guys do anything for backup, like phone line stuff? We have analog lines. 
that would be your backup. Like you kind of revert to those. Yeah. I can, I can plug an analog line into our PBX or phones. We've done, so we have PRI for our main phone system, but then we have a backup SIP at a different location that we would in theory go to. Oh, we've had that for a couple of years. It made me feel okay. It's the same kind of bit. Like it wasn't that expensive. Um, but I don't know if it's that important either. I guess it I, is. I don't know. I think nine one one is more is is more important than that, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, yeah, mine's super rudimentary. Like each of our buildings still has a pots line. Yeah. And like luckily the jacks are in the office. So like in the past when we've had fiber cuts, I plug the pots line in, then I reconfigure the phone, like the PBX um call tree to ring those pots lines instead. Like when you press one for high school is actually calling the POTS line. Uh, so like end users didn't experience much different, except there was only one line. So the second caller would ring busy, but, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's, I actually got, I emailed my, my rep, my ISP rep um, to confirm. I don't think like the coax, like I could easily cut my sip over in some sort of failure because like our my sip comes in over my fiber right into a into a device so i don't think like i could move my internet to coax quickly but i don't think i think i'd be pretty screwed on like phones would be down yeah i think that's all three of us a- except if you had like you already discussed that pots line is a failover right. which i think that's kind of recommended anyway for most phone vendors isn't it you just went through a new phone switch did they say anything about that they they recommended a like a cheap SIP provider, hmm. but the but which is fine, but that it still would actually come on over my ISP's fiber, right. so right. that ain't gonna help in a fiber cut. It would help like if the ISP went down, which all of ours did. When was that three three weeks ago? Maybe four. We couldn't you couldn't make phone calls. Yeah. Um, now that would have helped in that scenario, but that's very rare. Right. Like I think that's the second or third time that's happened to me in five years. So, right. yeah, no, it's all, it's, and it, it all comes down to how much money you're wanting to spend on being redundant, you know, right. you know, it, okay. Do you have a generator? Okay. If not, you're going to buy a generator. Are you going to have redundant power supplies or redundant UPSs in each rack? Yep. You know, so it, it just comes down to how much money <laughs> you want to spend. Speaking of UPSs, this, uh, so Friday, we had, we had a long week last week. I think we set the record for most tickets in a day Friday. And it was just random stuff. Hey, my printer's not working. Hey, my projector won't turn on. Just one of those days. Like none of the, nothing major happened. Just things. Te- and it was a Friday too, which normally are pretty low key as and you far as. Yeah, I was going to say Friday. As you far really as tickets work. go. Anyways, it's like two o'clock. And all of a sudden I start getting uh, pings for a switch being down. And um uh, my worker was already at that building and he goes in there. He's like, Hey, yeah, this thing's dead. Um, I can't get it to turn off. So I went over there. Um, breaker was flipped, flipped the breaker back. I called the maintenance guy. He was busy. Uh, but he's like, Hey, I'll look at it, but just flip it back. And I did it booted up like an hour later. It drops again. Ooh. Uh, what, what it was is, uh, everything on that circuit had, there was a GFCI on it somebody plugged into the GFCI and iPhone cable, the iPhone, because this is all in a closet. The iPhone cable was on the floor and the charger was in a puddle of water. 
Oh, geez. So it was tripping that GFCI. Holy and then the, cow. And then, and then the breaker would flip. Oh, yeah. Like, he, I was like, the maintenance guy, he, he, well, he's the one that figured it out. Because I was like, hey, this thing flipped again. So you're having some sort of electrical problem. So he went over there and he called me. He's like, so yeah, it's like somebody plugged the iPhone cable and it was laying wow. in water on the floor. <laughs> Chris, didn't you have something similar last week? Yeah, we one of our middle school classrooms has a, and it's been there since before me. But it's, um, it's we have sw- like a we have a switch cabinet in a classroom, uh, and I don't know if it was always a classroom. I don't know why that was the spot picked to run all these cables to and put a switch, but uh, it just chills there, it hangs out. Well, it's so it's tied into the electric in the room, whatever. Well, the teacher plugged in a microwave and two like hot plates, um, turned them all on at the same time. So then it, uh, then and then we had a failing battery backup with that as well. So a couple hallways, you know, internet phones, a whole bit go down. Uh, we go over there, check it out. She kind of apologizes for the hot plate thing. We think it's okay. She's not going to do it again. We came back and then like an hour later, she did the same thing again. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Why did she have hot plates? They're like trying to do like home ish stuff. Oh, okay. Not I think not anymore. That's crazy. Trouble. Trouble, trouble. What else going on? I'm tapped. Seems like seems like we've been talking a lot here, boys. This is, I don't know how long we've been going. Don't you have a timer? No, I don't. Um, Normally I should. So what are you looking forward to? Any any projects coming up in the next week? Yeah, I got a project upstairs. It's called a Bloody Mary. At this time of night, that's a yeah. breakfast drink. Well, obviously, that's a little hard for me because I have a job. Not on the weekends. <laughs> I don't just drink on the weekends. Oh, you don't? No, no, my life's in shambles. <laughs> We've been moving to carbon black. Oh, have you really? Yeah, to <clears throat> not every computer, but um, Your high value. Yes, and I I don't know like a hundred licenses or so. There you go. Um, but the training and the implementation that they give you, I've never talked about antivirus so much in my life. <laughs> uh, and like the guy keeps scheduling calls with me, Zoom meetings, and then showing me the carbon black like the console. Uh, we have dug like so much, and like I he was like we still have time, and I told him today I was like, hey man, like I've never cared this much about antivirus like ever in my life but carbon black's awesome yeah i've heard it's really and it cool. is awesome to like receive too much training that you're like hey guys like i'm like i'm way over it i got like, more things to do yeah but he said we can i can kick my hours down i'm gonna wait a couple months to see if anything comes up with antivirus again now is carbon black a sponsor of this show they just no, got a but free... they could be and they should be because I could say really good things about them. They just got a free plug. I mean, that's worth, what, a couple grand, right? For sure. <laughs> and as expensive as it was, I think they can afford a lot more than that. <laughs> Chris oh. and I found out, Chris and I are going to Vegas for a conference. Yeah. We found out Lady Gaga is going to be there at the same time. It's same hotel. Lady Gaga. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk out of my hotel room and she's going to be in the hallway. I, I, so I was in Vegas you guys uh, can't see it, but probably Corey's four dancing. or five years ago. And I'm pretty certain we were in the same pool with Lady Gaga at the win. Almost certain of it. 
Why you got to make crap up? No, I'm not. You can ask my wife. Come here. What is happening? We have our first wife. No, we have our first wife. No, she gave me a dirty look and said, "Uh, -uh, I'm not going over there." What is this song? What do you say? Is your wife going to make our first wife guest appearance? No, she just got out of the shower. She said she's not coming over here. Mine's made appearances before, but it's her swearing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know like my falsetto? I, I legit think I saw Lady Gaga in the in the pool at the wind. Why do you keep saying it like that? That's how it's pronounced. That's no, how it's not. That's how that's how the people in the inner circle pronounce it. <laughs> okay. You guys don't know <laughs> Let's my wrap life. It up. Okay. I've learned too much. People that swim with her in the pool get pronounce it that way. Do you have a Tell shirt on? No, Josh. I don't swim in a shirt. Do you have pants on? Yeah. Well, I mean, swimsuit. Oh. Then it wasn't a real party then, was it? Are you and Christine in the same room? Yeah. Same hotel. The no, penthouse suite. MGM, baby. What are we going to do? I don't know you that I could travel with you two. I mean, I'd we, be up we could have early. like a pre I gotta make breakfast. We still got some more weeks before we go. We could have like a pre Vegas uh, yeah. um, episode. Are we, we going to record out there? We can. Ooh, yeah. From backstage at Lady Gaga. Good God. <laughs> Maybe we get her like to drop like a hello. Hey, we know Josh. Yeah. yeah. She, that, that, that'd be it, man. You'd, you'd be following hey, you her around. Never mind. Have you said your last name on here before? I don't think so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was an episode. Thank you for listening. Share with your friends, your area tech directors. Listen with your boss, like that. Uh, like that listener has done. Listen the ran- listen to the ransomware what, episodes. With listen your with my boss. <laughs> listen with Corey's boss, who likes to email us and ask us not to be identified. And Chris super is- curious about smart boards. Yeah, um, I'm gonna rip everyone down tomorrow. That's all I'm gonna do. Go through and just rip them down off the wall. <laughs> that was before the mistake. Playing the, the "How Do You Like Me Now" that, song on my speakerphone. That was before you realized that they wouldn't do what they said they would do. That that was back before you guys bought them. So yeah, don't be too upset with your what a betrayal. So yeah, share us with your friends. Uh, give us a review on whatever streaming service you're listening to us or whatever podcast service you're listening to us from. Give us five stars, three, whatever the top rating is. Not three. Did you just say three? Well, some I don't know. Some might say three is the biggest, the the highest rating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, tweet us uh, at k12 tech talk pod shoot us an email k12 tech talk at gmail.com gentlemen any parting words any final thoughts i'm good all right chris your great day or not the choice is yours goodness see you next time thanks for listening (laughs) bye-bye